Hi everyone, I am so happy to bring you a new episode of Your Story Matters. Once again, my name is Davina Ferreira and my passion is to help you unlock your personal story and walk this path with you as we remember that our story matters. And as promised, I'll always begin with a new or an old poem of mine. So for today, I got this one and it goes like this. Don't be afraid, this fear won't stay. Legacy is made as panic dissipates. Remember, time passes and there is only one thing to say. I am here. I matter. I have made it this far. I am not invisible. I'm going to be fine. Because fear strikes us when doubtful, unable to thrive, holding us back from sharing our light, and we got to shine. Remember, time passes and there is only one thing to do, to love. That idea in our head that seems too daunting to spell a glimpse of glory in the light of day, to love those that cross our path, however unintentionally, the downtrodden looking for hope in a stranger's smile. Don't be afraid. This fear won't stay, el tiempo pasa, and there is only one place to be, aquí y ahora, here and now, because you are here, you matter, you made it this far, you are not invisible, you are going to be fine, you have finally arrived. So I hope you like that, make sure you comment. So I keep bringing you little pieces of my heart. And let's get to the interview right away. Luz Juncor is a local leader in the real estate industry in Los Angeles. She has been in this industry for more than 20 years. And she's an incredible leader that juggles lots of roles as a serial entrepreneur, a mother, and an incredible friend to the Alegria family. So, hello, Luz. Hola, Davina. Thank you for having me. How do you think you juggle all these responsibilities in a graceful way? Because I know balance, like I said, it can be overrated. That's a tough question, my friend. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank you. Once, I'm definitely, you know, flattered to be thought that way because, you know, I just do what I do naturally. And I never really thought it in a sense where, you know, I ever felt what I do, um, like you said, it can be an example to other women, right? I just do what I do just naturally. And, and it's, it is, you know, balancing, like you said, it's overrated. The whole time management thing, it's also overrated as much as I want to stay focused on time and balance. It's tough, right? It, it's tough. Um, I, I think, you know, when it comes to, to that question, I think the, the one thing that just kind of comes on top of mind to be able to jug it all is just the, uh, the motivation behind it. I think that's really the number one, right? I mean, my why is my family, right? My family, uh, my kids, my husband, um, and then also too, like, 
I, I want to say it, it's not just about money. It's, it's about success in the household and success on as a person, you know, and I'm very ambitious, not for the money or, or the materialistic things that I, I can have. And I'm ambitious in the sense that I love to, to be on top of my game with everything, you know, making sure my house looks good, making sure my business looks good, making sure I look good. You know, I, I that's, I think, my, my big why is to just kind of wake up every day and see, you know what, I, I could do it, you know, and then just to have that motivation and that drive behind everything just kind of falls into where it needs to be. Um, and, and it's not easy. It's definitely not easy to balance it all. And in some days, you know, I, I carry that big weight on my back and that big ball in my neck and I blame it on the keyboard, <laughs> but it's really not the keyboard. Yeah, and listening to you know to to yourself to your heart your intuition and and knowing too when it's important to to stop and make yourself that number one too you know I've learned so it's it's yeah well absolutely you know and then you know taking time off you know it's important and also exploring your, your capacity too it's also important because then you always want to use the creative part of you to balance out the rest. Uh, I think for me, one of the, the big things why I've, I'm always driven to do more is because the more I do, the more I find out that I lack other interests. I have other interests that I like doing other things that there's different things that drive me and that push me to do more and to be better, better mother, better, you know, friends, better sister, better wife, um and and i think it's learning i see is very important for you like i can relay because there's so much the more you know the more you understand you know nothing (laughs) you know and then just really staying creative right i i think i think all of us just as human we one of the things i said to someone last week is that you know, when we were born and we started learning about who we are as a child as a teenager it's you know, one of the biggest thing was exploring and being creative as we as we went along. And that really defined our personality, that defined who we are um, as a person, you know, that also defined your career because you start recognizing the things you enjoy doing the most. And as we become adults and we become parents, um, we start drifting away from that side you know, because the responsibilities of just the way life just kind of puts us together, we lose that creativity and we stop learning and we stop exploring. And I think once we do that, then we just stop growing. And I feel that creativity, at least um, for me, it's such a driving force behind everything I do and business. And I think this economy is one of creativity and you see it in tech, in just so many different disciplines, you know, where, where I feel I, you need to stay creative and give yourself that permission to play, you know, have that childlike wonder to be able to keep your mind open to like new ideas and stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think in, in today's world, you know, being an entrepreneur, um, working you know as an entrepreneur not just in my industry but in any industry it's it's such a it's it's become such a big word and such a powerful word because that what that means to me is that 
you know, entrepreneurship means to me, you're allowing yourself to be creative and stay creative and indulge into anything that you really want to do and, and grow from there, you know, versus being in a corporate world and, and working, you know, with just a basic, you know, policy and manual, then you're not allowing yourself to be creative. You're not allowing yourself to grow. And, and I love what's happening. Like you mentioned the tech world, you know, and, and the, in the fashion industry, even in our own industry, which is so old fashioned, the mortgage industry, you know, people have looked at real estate and lending and a whole different, different perspective. Now, you know, they're, they're allowing the creativity to be able to give them the impulse to create something different um, online with tech or just the way we do business, you know, and it's all because you're now allowing yourself to be creative versus just following a certain rule. You know, I want to um, go to the driving force uh, for creating your first company. What takes you there? Like you said, you're in the mortgage industry. What was the driving force and why you chose that industry? Um, well, it was kind of like, it was during a recession time. I had just arrived back from Spain. I studied abroad. Um, I came back after I finished my studies and you know, it was the economy was just not driven there. And I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, what am I going to do? You know, there's no jobs. Um, I relied back on banking because I had a part-time job previously in the banking industry. And I just, you know, with my mom's help, who she was in real estate for a lot of years, um, I was able to find a position as an assistant with a company. And because the recession happened, company was shutting down, partners were leaving. Um, I was taken by one of the partners in the mortgage company to come along and work as a processor. And I say, you know, what the heck? Like, why not? I mean, I, I have nothing else right now going on in my life as far as, you know, the economy was horrible. And then from there, I started learning the ropes, you know, always knew that I wanted to have my own business. I was very good with numbers. Um, financing was my thing. And it, to me, it never appealed to me that I would ever enter the mortgage industry. But once I was in it, I had really great mentors. I think the mentorship, it's so important with any business, the people around you, the people that are, you know, succeeding around you just makes you become that better person. And I had great mentors. I, I landed in a company that gave me the opportunity to grow very quickly and a year later, after working for that company, the ownership um, didn't no longer agree with the terms they were in. And I was offered to come in as a partner with no pay, meaning, hey, you want this business? You have to work for us and not get paid for it and just build it yourself. And I found that as an opportunity. I wasn't scared. You know, it's like, okay, that's fair. You know, if we grow together, I make money. If we don't grow together, then I'm broke. Um, I took the chances. I didn't have any kids. I was single. Uh, you know, I had nothing to lose, really. I had more to gain from that opportunity than anything. And I found myself that I can really expand that business to where I'm at now. It was endless. You know, I tell people it's one of those businesses that you're, you make what you want to make. You want to make $2 million, you make $2 million. And that's my mindset every day. When I leave my home, I leave with the mindset that I don't have a paycheck. I have to go out there and bring every day a paycheck, no matter what I do. And in there, you know, they laugh at me. They're like, Luz, come on. Like, really? Like, you've, 
you have this business, you have other business, you have investments, I'm sure you have savings. Like, no, I don't. You know, I don't have anything. I come in here every day not having anything in my back pocket. And the goal is to come home with something. And that keeps me with that drive every single day. And, you know, they're like, you should try that on the wall on the billboard. I'm like, no, I'm like, I know it internally that that's me every day. I'm unemployed every day. And I have to work as hard as I did yesterday or even more because today I might not be able to sell peanuts, you know, so I might need to sell oranges. I go, I don't know, guys, but every day I come in here unemployed. Yeah, that's a great perspective. Keeps you focused and humble, which is very important. But what I find so interesting, too, because I see you as a serial entrepreneur is that social entrepreneurship seems to be key at the core of you know, every venture that you have developed ever since. And uh, tell us why, why this passion for social entrepreneurship? I know you're opening this, this incredible place in Montevello. Uh, tell us more about this. Well, you know, and I think it just comes naturally as an immigrant, you know, coming here and seeing the opportunities I was able to have and, and be able to be in that for the last 20 years in the position that I'm able to help a lot of people get into housing. And then because of the growth of the economy, be able to not just give opportunities, but also be at the part that I have to reject a lot of people. To me, it seems unfair. You know, we're, we're in a country that we can, we're supposed to have equal opportunity and we don't, mm. you know? So I just figured out very quickly that it's just the way the world works. And for me to make a difference, it has to be my own perspective, which is social entrepreneurship, which I thought that anytime I did something would have to have a social impact in my community, whether it's, um, you know, real estate investment, whether it's my own business, whether it's other companies that we're branching off and venturing out and just trying to create opportunities, or whether it's even a company that is going to maybe grow without, you know, the mindset of social entrepreneurship, but us as owners, we're going to be able to make a social impact somehow, somewhere through our business. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of like the mind is powerful. So when we start talking about who you really are, everyone around you becomes that person. Everyone you meet has the same yeah. drive. Everyone you meet has the same passion, which has led me to meet so many interesting people including yourself, that we have that same drive. We, we, we're passionate about these things and making a difference in our communities. And, you know, this is how the, our venture started off with Hub. Our, our company was really, you know, established between four friends that we thought about, all of us in the good position that we thought, hey, let's do something good and let's do something fun. But everything we do, we want to give back. And we automatically started working with a lot of great companies that have the same mindset from tech companies to, you know, companies with even the produce that are willing to give something back, you know, sports technology applications, um, you know, education factors. I mean, just everyone around us now has that social impact. And through there, we met our friend Barney that had also had an interest on this project that had talked to me about a few years ago. And he's been working on it with Genify for some you know, a few years now about how can we create an anchor? How do we anchor business to any community and educate them to become entrepreneurs and educate them to own business and at the same time 
not only do we help people to build business, but we're doing, we're creating a social impact in our community because we're able to help out people with our resource. You know, we're doing something that yes, is going to create us, you know, opportunities. And in the future, you know, our business is going to grow, our money is going to grow. But at the same time, we're also helping, you know, communities and we're helping people. And this opportunity came about a few years ago and it's been, you know, thought of and it's been strategically like planned out with the city of Montebello. And when they asked me to be part of it, I jumped in the opportunity without even thinking twice. Yeah, so for people who are not familiar with this project, tell us a little, a little bit. So it's an incubator. So entrepreneurs are going to be able to come there, uh, to come. It's for the restaurant uh, sector, correct? Correct. Yeah. So it's an incubator for startups. Um, so anyone that has had experience, not necessarily running a business, but maybe a catering company or someone that's run like a food truck that has never had the opportunity or has the resource or funds to be able to open up their own restaurant will be working through the Boulevard market as an incubator with all the resource from location, kitchen, um, consultants, advice, CPAs, even, you know, funding, you know, like banks, institutions already lined up to help them build their business once they're out of the incubator system of a two-year period. So it, it's such a great platform, you know, so it just allows anyone that has had that, you know, that kitchen out of their house have been catering for three years and they just don't know how to make it into a business. You know, this is where we come in. This is where the Boulevard market just plays such a big role in, in entrepreneurship that we want to work with those individuals. You can be a master in learning how to cook something, but that doesn't mean you're a master in knowing how the the economics behind that business works. And, and I think that is the biggest challenge for anyone that's opening up a business is that they have the right idea. They have the right concept, but the administration part of it, the accounting part, the money part of it, the, the whole circle around you from consultants, from people that have done it, that can share their experiences with you and tell you where you're going to go wrong. It's so important part of an entrepreneur because you will, you know, you, you can learn very quickly. I had a friend that's very, very successful. And, and I asked him, Hey, like, like, how is it that you've managed so many companies? Like, you know, and I'm like just cracking with two. He's, he told me, he's like, it's not me. It's everyone that's around me. He's like, I'm only the, I'm the only one with the idea. I'm just the creator. And then I have everyone that supports me on what they're good at how they're going to support with my creation and I'm able to develop and develop and grow and grow. And that's going to be the key. If you find those individuals, that's going to be part of your board, you know, cause your business as an entrepreneur, you need to have a board and you need to listen to your board. You need to let them know where to move your business and how to move your business and what's the best of interest, which is, can be that circle. Once you have that, you'll, you'll continue to grow. And you'll be able to manage as an entrepreneur. The, the big thing too, it's learn to take the driver's seat, you know, yeah. and because as an entrepreneur, you, you always think like, okay, I have the idea. I want to take the drive. I want to take control of the wheel. No, you know, you don't have to. I think if you allow yourself to just take the driver's seat or the back seat and let someone else drive for you while you're giving them directions, 
that might be the best outlet. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think once you do that, then you're okay. Then, then you've learned to accept that you're not going to just be that one person driving the car all the time. You know, what I see is that we mostly see the influence, the titles, the accomplishments, but we rarely see the struggles, right? Recently, you had a little health scare, and I'm curious to know, because, you know, most of our audience are women. Uh, what did it make you think, reflect? Because I know we all have blind spots as we jo juggle so many roles, like we mentioned. And is it difficult for you to put yourself as the number one and your health and your well-being? Absolutely. I, I, it's scary because you feel like if you disappear or something happens to you, your tower starts breaking down, right? And then if you're the foundation of everything that you create around you and you have a setback that makes you think like this can, it, life is fragile, right? Life is fragile and it can happen anytime. And, and anything that you've created and everything you've done, it's what is the meaning behind it? You know, you, you kind of start, you know, making yourself like think and rethink like what's important and where you're going and how you're going to continue to do what you do. If you, somehow along the line, you might have other health challenges, right? So you need to prioritize how you do things, you know, and not beat yourself up either because it's okay. That, that's how I felt. I felt, you know what? It's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a gap in between. And, you know, financially, of course, anytime anyone puts, you know, their clutch on neutral, then it's going to hurt your business, going to hurt your everyday lifestyle. And I just learned to accept it. I just felt like, you know what, this is fine. And my health is priority and everything else is going to come together. And that's when your support group either shows up or doesn't. Yeah. And I've had a great support group around me and my friends, my family, you know, everyone around me just was so encouraging to be able to continue to go and say, it's okay for you to take this break. Um, and now I'm back and I'm thinking that break was amazing. And I have, you know, two months. I have one month to catch up two months. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, but like now from the lessons, what are you currently doing to make sure you stay at the top of your game, but not only professionally, but like emotionally, spiritually, and physically? Because we women, we forget so much about these things. You know, we're running families, companies, and we're like, okay, oh I'm loose. What are you doing? Like, what can women, you know, who are in your same shoes can do to make sure they're at the top of their game, emotionally, spiritually, and physically? You know, physically, it's tough because you forget the good habits so quickly, so quickly. Hmm. You know, the eating good, the sleeping good, the walking, that can, that goes away so quickly. And I'm like, I'm one to blame myself. So trying to like catch my breath and figure out like, what do I do to keep myself sane? It's honestly, I'm worrying. I'm not worried. I'm worrying about like eating healthy as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I'm not worrying about the way I look because that takes away a lot of time from the day. <laughs> Sometimes, like, <laughs> Oh yeah. If you obsess about that, forget about it. <laughs> I'm just, Lately, you'll see me with the head bun everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. That I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a lot of weight off me. Like one, 
put, put the hair up loose. Just don't worry about it. You know, yeah. just put, put the hair up, you know, just hydrate yourself more, try to sleep better. So I am, that's one thing is like just sleep for me, sleep. It's when I recover my whole energy. And, and yeah. to me, that's so important. And lately to just keep myself not thinking about work, everything else around me, it's, I've been listening to a lot of music, big little lies, Keep playing it over and over every single day. And it's just such a relaxing, it, it's a, con, like the lyrics are so connecting to what I'm going through in my life now with, you know, like spiritually, with work, with, you know, health. And it's funny because I think the whole album was designed for women because of the show something that i love about you when i see you is that you travel with your family like you said your husband is dutch and your three children are like beautiful they're like mixed and just i love they speak you know like how many languages three right three three, three languages and like you teach your kids about entrepreneurship and they help you with certain parts of, of the business like I just love when you've been at some of the events for Alegria with like your whole family I think it's like beautiful so what is the legacy that you want to leave your children you know I think opportunities I think I want to leave them with a lot of doors open I think that's my biggest motivation you know that's my drive you know, not to, not so much for me, but it's more for them, you know, that I can leave the doors open or at least halfway open and they can finish opening them, you know, where, when it comes to real estate, our, our company that, you know, that with the Boulevard market, you know, that foundation is just for them, you know, when it comes to developing anything is just for them, you know, and I'm hoping that they, you know, kind of carry that on themselves and, and make it bigger. Um, my mom came here, we're very little, and I, I see ourselves, my family, my brothers, we're doing a lot more. And I think that it's our responsibility just to leave those doors open for them, for every generation just to become better. That's why I, I tell them, I say, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you know, it doesn't matter how many homes you have, it's more about who you are and what you wanna become. And if what you want to do makes you happy, that's great because, you know, being happy and being rich doesn't come with money. You know, it doesn't, being rich, it doesn't mean you have millions of dollars in your bank account. You know, it's about always finding joy in life. And I want to leave them that. I want to leave that legacy to them. I want them to know that the opportunities are there, you know, and continue to open those doors for somebody, whether it's the next generation, whether it's a friend or to family and just keep knocking on those doors. And I think they see that with us. You know, the other day it was two in the morning and I was working and trying to catch up with all my crazy ideas and creating more stuff. And my daughter was creating a project that she's going to sci art now becoming an architect. And, and I told her, she's like, you're still awake. I'm like, so are you? She's like, I know. And I said, you know, I go, I'm sorry. I don't know if showing you to be a hard worker was a good thing or a bad thing. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I feel it's so beautiful because through you guys, they have been exposed to different cultures, the beauty of the world, and also to be involved in community, right? And paving it forward. So I think that's going to be a great legacy. I can see that already. And 
to close, you know, this podcast is titled Your Story Matters. And I love just to remind everyone how our stories just really, no matter where you come from, they have such an amazing contribution to make to others. You know, going back to just close this off, you know, I think everyone, we all share the same story one way or the other, you know, and yeah, we're so similar, like little details here and there, but the, the experience, especially, you know, being daughters and sons of immigrants and just coming from another country to the U.S., we share very similar elements, you know, so we're more similar than we think. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I think now more than ever, because social media and, you know, people like yourself, they're really highlighting women and continue to push women to... Uh, you know, generations to come are just going to be better. You know, I, I just came back from the Women's World Cup in France, and I was so happy to have been there and to be part of that. Because four years ago, there was no audience. And today, those stadiums were sold out. And it was just not women, but it was men. So it was just everyone empowering what they're doing. And I, I just I loved it. I loved it to see my girls there to see like, hey, you know, like, these are $40,000, 48,000 seats in the stadium. They're sold out to see women play. What an amazing time in history, too. You know, like, we're going through a lot of really tough stuff, but I see that slowly we're also having beautiful breakthroughs. Yeah, and it just, yeah, I think it's just to support one another, right? I, and I still think, like, that's always the challenge. Like, we can't if we want to be respected and we want to be looked at these empower like wonderful women we need to work together and we need to become better together and we just need to be that drive you know and 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 it, we want equality we want to be able to show that as well right and i think that's super important yes okay so for people who want to know more about this powerhouse luz juncor where can they find more about you, where they can email you with questions, learn more about the incubator you guys are doing in Montebello, maybe your email or social media, whatever you want to share. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I am, you know, like you mentioned to me earlier, I have to stop hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I said. Luz has to come to your story matters because you've done so many incredible things but you're always being behind right behind the the scene yeah i i have to stop hiding i'm working on that i'm working it's a work in progress but you're yeah. you're taking yeah you're you're slowly pulling my skin debbie <laughs> um i'm in social media i guess the easiest way is through messenger through facebook uh, i'm slowly working on my instagram believe it or not yeah. um i am creating my own personal website now so that's a big milestone for me so right now through facebook just to lose you core through facebook and messenger is the best way you can send any messages or you know i'll be happy to share anything with anyone awesome well thank you so much luz i can't wait to hear this episode <laughs>